Welcome to Extra Points. Now here's your host, Cousin Sal, and his good, good pals, Dave Damashek and Martin Weiss. All right, welcome to the Extra Points Podcast, part of the Extra Points Podcast Network. Cousin Sal coming to you on a Wednesday morning. Joining me, spaghetti, meatballs. They are fiddling with the knobs as they always do. Babyface Joel Solomon producing this mess. And my guys right here, my dear pals, Dave Damashek. Martin Weiss, happy Wednesday, fellas. Happy 19th anniversary, Shaq. And Martin, 19th to a lesser anniversary. Degree. Jimmy Kimmel Live, 19 years ago today. Kicked things off. It was after the Raiders, Bucks, Super Bowl. We flew oh Warren Sapp out. Wow. I know. Next year's the Big 20. Crazy. That's, Very weird. Thought you were talking about the 19th anniversary of my 10th birthday. Is that what no. it is? No, no. I don't know. I, I did the math wrong. Wait, well, today's your birthday, too? No. No, it's not. What are you talking about? I don't about? know. I I'm swung and missed. That's what, that's what I'm talking about. My oh. fault. <laughs> okay. Well, I was trying to make an old we, joke, and I just messed up. <laughs> I think we had this conversation on the 18th anniversary in this very space, uh, Sal, yeah. but muzzle tub to everybody involved, of course. Yeah. But um, my memories uh, include watching that Super Bowl, then running over to, um, to Hollywood Boulevard, and... The intent was to make the show, the the Kimmel show, stand out a little bit from uh, from the other late night shows by having sort of smart cocktails involved, sort of like <laughs> Johnny Carson back in the day when he was in New York City, yeah. and that included the audience too. The audience and I was, was wasted. With, yeah, right. You and I were standing next to each other at a at a cocktail table, and it was it was surreal because I mean, obviously he's your cousin. And I had known Jimmy for a few years at that point, and it was mm. just bizarre that it felt, I mean, it was live, and it was happening, and the street was packed. Hollywood Boulevard was packed because Coldplay was going to punctuate the first show by playing out on the street there. And so there were thousands of people literally, oh, literally yeah. gathered, and the Super Bowl had just ended, and Warren Sapp is flying in on a helicopter any moment now, and George Clooney is backstage. It was such a trip that Jimmy Kimmel came walking by and I thought I can't imagine how nerve-wracking that must be and it kind of connects with watching Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and your guy Tony Romo who said during the game I loved him saying this is where legacies are made and the kind of (laughs) inability to wiggle around that watching Jimmy Kimmel walk by and about to go on live (laughs) national TV for the first time was such a trip and so horrifying for him, yeah, and then that was interrupted by a guy at the cocktail table next to us throwing up, and it ended up hitting an ABC exec, and then that was the end of the that was it on the, the audience. Oh, uh, uh, there's a there's a New York Times documentary about it, and how our, our executive producer Daniel, who a friend of ours who's crazy, got the news that there would be no more boozing in the audience, and he was distraught. He would have thought the show. Altogether was canceled. It was, but yeah, you're right. So many obstacles. That live Coldplay performance. Daniel, the executive producer, yelling back and forth with the fire chief who had threatened to shut it down. It's amazing it got done. And 19 years later, I was on the street yesterday. I did a bit for them. Uh, on the uh, being on Hollywood Boulevard, still great. A little more terrifying than it was maybe 19 years ago, but. Uh, Lots of fun. Well, and thank yes. Christ, thank Christ the Tampa Bay Buccaneers aren't winding up in the, in the Super Bowl 19 years later. How well, about John that? Lynch is the GM of the Niners, as uh, babyface Joel Solomon okay. just pointed out to us. So, yeah, we have a lot of football talk. Uh, Bruce Smith is going to join us. Wow. Ooh. Lots of fun. Oh, I feel bad for him and the Bills and the Bills fans. 
Uh, what is it? Two-time NFL Defensive Player of the Year. All-time sack leader. We're going to talk to him about those numbers because someone's going to break it now that there's an extra game, and I think I have a, a solution for all this. Uh, so he's fun. I, I feel bad. I rooted for the Cowboys all those years, beat up on those bills. Is it weird to ask him what the worst loss is? Do you ask a guest what's your worst loss? I, I hated that when I was doing the book tour and everyone's like, what's your worst gambling loss? It's like, oh, shut the hell up. I was just about to say, Sal, yeah, I interviewed I you before you hired me. and we right. were, I was doing a piece on gambling and I asked you what your worst loss was. And he immediately felt like an asshole afterwards because you were like, everybody always asks this. Why is it always your worst? Yeah. Nobody ever has my best win. You know, yeah, all yeah, of them, all of them suck. Everybody Whatever. wants to know. You wouldn't ask like Robert Downey Jr. Like what your, your lowest moment. Take us through it. I know you had drug problems. You know, I know this acting to the Iron Man stuff is great. But uh, but I really want to know with Bruce Smith. But maybe think maybe Jack? think of it this way. Yeah. Maybe what happened in Arrowhead on Sunday now replaces the Scott Norwood moment. And now he's off the hook a little bit. Maybe he feels maybe really liberated. On if way. you're Bruce Smith, check what's what's the biggest downer moment in that run oh is it just the first one the giants just the giants the norwood kick well i mean if i mean talk about a seminal moment in super bowl history bruce smith with the score um 10 nothing buffalo in super bowl 25 against the giants Mm -hmm. gets into the end zone and hammers jeff hostetler's right arm and somehow, impossibly, go back and look at the replay if you're not familiar with the play I'm talking about. He he rakes Hostetler's mm-hmm. right arm, and somehow the ball doesn't come out. And if the ball does come out, it's a safety, and so it's 12-0. But if the ball comes out and the and the Bills fall on it and it's 17-0, I feel like that's ball game. And Yeah, um, you can't do the 13-play drive that Parcells had, right? If you're down 17, right. uh, you can't do all that slow play. We'll catch up here, yeah. yeah. That's, and and uh, I'll tell you something else. I, I mean, uh, the uh, about that, if mm-hmm. the Bills win that, now they're imbued with a different level of confidence. And even if they lose to Washington the next season, mm-hmm. by the time the real losers besides the Buffalo Bills there in history are, are your Dallas Cowboys. Because if, the, if they beat the Bills even back-to-back as they did – but the Bills have a chip in right. advance of that. It feels more prestigious. It feels more like Allie beating Frazier than it does um, than, you know. Uh, now Larry you're just Holmes. beating up on the AFC's best. Who are, so the Washington right. one, that, that wasn't really close from what I remember. But no, I, that I'm, was tra- a I'm, I'm trying to think like Giants, terrible, terrible, terrible loss. Norwood, Washington, whatever. Washington was just better. They were just a, a monster team back then. But then you have the Cowboys. I know the Cowboys were favored in that third game, in that third Super Bowl for the Bills. But 52-17 is just a whole different, you're in a different headspace of, oh, my God, what's wrong with the team? But even the fourth one might have been worse. They were up 13-6 at half. They had us. I didn't think we were coming back from that. So, you know what? I won't even ask him, Martin. I don't know. We maybe, just worked maybe it out. Maybe we here. ask him which one hurt the least. Oh, He's that's good. Which one hurt the most? I'm sure that he has the one that hurt the most. But which one of those were you? did you fall asleep easiest after? Right. That's like, a good one. Which one was, was you know. Yeah, which one which could one you brush was, yeah. aside? You know what I'll say? I'll ask him which hurt the most, and then I'll I'll gauge his reaction. If it seems really bummed, I'm like, no, 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 oh, I'm sorry. I meant the least. And then he'll answer that. <laughs> I, don't know. I, think I mean, but I, can, we, can we just say, I don't know exactly why. I think it's a sense of empathy that we want for our fellow man, and mm-hmm. the broadcasters are 
closely tied to these football players more so than most of the fans are. And so I think they feel it even more that they don't want to add to the pressure, which is a weird kind of counterintuitive thing that in a movie you want to heighten the stakes. But when we're watching real life drama play out on a football field, we want to diminish it and be like, hey, nothing to hang your head about. You'll get him next year. This guy's future is bright and all that. But you don't need to spin it. This is grave stuff in professional terms. <laughs> Obviously, it's not sure. it's not a mortal thing if you win or lose. But I loved Romo going on and on about I know that, you and did. he kept that doing legacy. it. He, yeah. he kept yeah. doing it, and because he's exactly right, like you don't get it back. That's why it stinks if you're Bruce Smith or Josh Allen or anybody else. We could have gone to the Super Bowl. Like, bah, you'll get him next year. Will you? Well, I don't no. know. I had the same argument with Clay Travis. He's like, oh, Josh Allen is 25 years old. He's going to be fine. It's like, yeah, guess who else is young? Uh, Burrow's young. Mahomes is young. All these guys. Deshaun Watson ends up in the division. Herbert, who knows if Aaron Rodgers, you know, that could take care of the next two years. Who knows what the hell goes on? So, yeah, I I wish I had some definitive uh, positive things to say. You get to watch Josh Allen. He's great, but could lose to Mahomes or someone like we just mentioned in the next three years. Awesome. As a Saints fan, the whole "you'll be back next year." Mm-hmm. That's yeah, right. Everybody can shut up about that. You'll be back next year. Uh, so, Sean, Aaron Rodgers. Remember when he won Super Bowl forty-five? Hey, how many is this guy going to win? Yeah, apparently none. Sean Payton. <laughs> oh, let's let's tackle it now, Martin. You brought it up. I wasn't going to say anything. I was. What's your the worst news you heard yesterday, Martin? No, <laughs> Sean Payton stepped aside. Now they said step aside. I step aside everywhere, like a buffet. I'll step aside, but everyone's reporting he stepped aside. I no, guess you won't. this means he quit. No, I won't. Yeah, there are. If any spaghetti's so- trying to get by you, maybe, but generally speaking, no. It was pushed aside. No, but he, uh, and it's huge news for Kevin James, but Martin, you're not happy about this, obviously. The bag heads are back. Mm-hmm. This team has no cap space. Look, I'll just say this. For the first, probably. 15 to 16 years of my life, this team was completely irrelevant. And they didn't hire Sean Payton until 2009, right? So I'm talking about the Jeff Blake, Aaron Brooks years. Then they hired Sean Payton. I mean, I hired Sean Payton in 2006. Then they hired Sean Payton. They get Drew Brees. And I actually leave the city. But after leaving New Orleans, that, that team, and like that Super Bowl and that moment, it was a great moment. So I appreciate the memories. I appreciate the fact that for a period in time, New Orleans had somebody that they could call, or two people really, they could call elite. <laughs> I'm of the belief that Sean Payton is an elite NFL head coach with Drew Brees, an elite quarterback. And as noticed by most most times in professional sports, anybody who's worth the damn is trying to get out of Louisiana as soon as possible. But those two, they stayed for a, quite a long time. And I'll just say this. If Sean Payton really is retiring, then I'm really happy for him. And do your thing, bro. I would be really, really upset if he went to go coach the Cowboys, though, because they've been talking about him going to coach the Cowboys since, like, 2009. And he could just he could just retire as king of New Orleans. And yeah. we're, like, I'll be fine with the baghead era coming back. The same salary cap is fucked. You, Taysom Hill was a joke. I, I get it. It kind of played out. But Happy Days was a great sitcom, even though Fonzie jumped the shark. All right? So that's all I have to say. Sean wow. Payton, thank you for the memories. Please don't make no new ones. Come join us over there at Fox, NBC. Go do go. Just, I want to see you on TV, <laughs> not on the sidelines anymore. Unless you're coming back for the Saints after they tank in two years and get a like number one overall pick. <laughs> and you know, the Arch Arch Manning is now the quarterback in New Orleans. 
Wow, I feel. Look at that that bag. I mean, how many? What is that from? You have all those shoes in the background. That's they came from that bag. I can only imagine where that bag is from. You got it rolled up in a nice. Ironically way enough, it's a Wingstop bag, which was filled with lemon pepper wings. <laughs> I love it. Now that sounds good. I don't know why you feel like you have to take shots at Aaron Rodgers with your mask. You know, that's oh, really that's right. he's already having a bad week, and now you're really showing Poor him up here. Put what a hater! Money. He has are. a mustache on it too. He put right. He put a mustache I, on it. Really committed to it. <laughs> no, I think that's a frowny face, right? Oh, is that what There's it is? There's supposed to be a frowny oh, face. Yeah, okay. I mean, uh, my artistic skills at six thirty in the morning aren't aren't I got the, at the top I, of the. I'm, I'm, I'm no Picasso. Hey, don't, don't worry good. about him going to the Cowboys. The organization is far too stupid to hire him now. We have a couple more years of uh, McCarthy. You really think that they so, – so you don't see that within the next – I mean, at some point there's got to be a cutoff here in 2022. You don't think in the next six weeks or so Sean uh, Payton no. sits around on a beach and feels like, I'm bored now. Now I'm ready to get back. I think it seems like a one-year thing. Right? Yeah. Like he'll do one year. He'll do what Martin said. He'll go, he'll sit in Drew Brees' lap on NBC or do figure something out. And then a year from now, maybe that's when the Cowboys grab him. That's when he'll become bored. But yeah, maybe he's just, and like you said, I mean, I don't know. It's funny with the salary cap. You read different things. Are they 45 million over? Are they 60 million over? No one could ever get the numbers straight, but doesn't look great for the Saints. I'm convinced that the salary cap only exists for teams who don't want to compete year in, year out. Yes, like, it, it, funny. It, there's some evidence for that. Yeah, it only yeah. exists. For, like you're telling me, the Saints, the Saints have been in cap hell for the last four years of Breeze's contract. Like, right. Okay. So they they just resigned Michael Thomas, made him the highest paid receiver in football. But they're in cap hell. Like, I don't get it. And they talk about this with Brady. Obviously, they're there. I think 44 million over. But with Brady, it's always the same thing, right? He restructures his deal. He gets people to come over and play because they want. I was looking at the free agent receivers. Not a lot of great names. The lower end, lower end salary wise, are like the Michael Gallups of the world. But you got Allen Robinson at the top. Not a ton. Godwin is also a free agent if uh, unrestricted if they want to bring them back but what let me ask you guys out of these three the over under being one and a half how many come back and play nfl football in 2022 big ben tom brady aaron Rodgers, martin over under one and a half i'm taking under whoa the only one that'll be playing is rogers okay i've paid i've paid way too much attention to tom brady in the last four years of my life, like literally him and LeBron have played like, every single day. I know what those two guys are up to. And it was just last week. I looked up at the TV screen and I heard you, Sal, and mm. Bill Simmons having a conversation that was recorded and then broadcast on First Things First on FS1 saying with with Simmons saying that Brady was leaning towards retirement. I brushed it off. No offense to Bill. But until I hear Brady say it, I'm not, you know, it's that type. but then once you hear Brady going and saying, hey. You know, I'm going to really think about it this year. Uh, this is the first time I've ever heard him talking like that. Most of the time, it's always, no, I'm on to the next one. He, this is the I guy with know. the. This is a guy with the. He's like, you got a ticker in your office with the sports scores. He yeah. has a ticker in his office with the date of the next Super Bowl after he won the one last year. Like, right. this is not a guy who doesn't look like, to me, if he's already thought about quitting, he's done. I, maybe he's just done with the Bucs. Sha- I think you have to go minus 170 if you go over one and a half. Shaq, but you're going under. Shaq, over under one and a half. I go two. I think yeah. that, I mean, the, the thing that maybe is a, a little bit of a weird distraction that he doesn't want to mess with, I don't know that he's going to pull the plug on his career, um, but 
is this is the new it's crazy man antonio brown is some mixer he really makes trouble everywhere he goes he is a fire starter and yeah. now this new i'm gonna bring charges against the bucks or i'm gonna you know sue them or whatever i don't know if that's enough i mean that it's brady's responsibility that antonio brown landed in tampa so i don't know about that but mm-hmm. i think that it's one of those things where you, you you put it out there like i'm thinking about it and then you kind of feel in part what kind of response that gets and and how the man in the mirror feels about saying it out loud he would have according to willie mcginnis and i think since has confirmed himself had they beaten the eagles now four years ago he would have retired after that game and then he was motivated to come back when he lost it so um it's not as though he's never considered it before I do think it's I, I do think it's awfully interesting stuff though to go back to Breeze and the cap hell and all that stuff. Um, there are certain teams that have run it to the red line every single year: the Saints, the Cowboys, the Steelers, and the Bucks in recent years, and the Patriots kind of did it too. Belichick kind of made his house right last year during COVID. Now some teams, the Saints, Pittsburgh, I'm not sure about the Cowboys exactly where they are. They have a chance with the cap going back up because remember it went down because of COVID mm-hmm. to bounce back up. It's going to be very interesting to see how these tentpole franchises yeah. attempt to right the ship in the next few weeks here. But yeah, I I mean, stop with the Roethlisberger jive, everybody. He's not coming back. But I go Brady over is, too. Brady's very I interesting. Too. I do caution everybody about this Aaron Rodgers stuff. Does he seem like a guy who is who's even eating avocado ice cream and and otherwise in the offseason to make sure he's as fit and ready to go as 44 year old Tom Brady. I do not see him that way. He's going to be 39 this year. This idea that you have to move heaven and earth to get a guy at that age when every high end quarterback beside Brady falls off is uh, a little bit of uh, is a little overly uh, optimistic. He'll have some suitors. Oh, he will, I, I for still sure. think he's still the MVP. Uh, and then Brady, oh, yeah. too, 43 touchdowns, 5,300 yards. I don't think he's stepping aside. I go over there. Brady could. Now, if you say over under, how many of those are on the team they, they played for three weeks ago? I might go under the one and a half. I think Brady's feeling it out a little bit. We talked about on Against All Odds, which would be the funniest landing spot for Brady. The funniest. Sarah Tiana, our friend, said, uh, I'll laugh my ass off if Brady wins a Super Bowl with the Packers next year. I think that would be <laughs> potentially the funniest. I think if he does it with the Jets, that would be great to give it to Belichick twice and maybe even in the playoffs three times. Uh, I don't know. Who, what else would be a funny landing spot for Brady uh, to turn it all around? Raiders would be funny. Screw you, Gruden. He should go to Miami because he always, that's still Belichick's house of horrors, right? Oh, that's true, lost too. Down there, they lost down there this year. If he really wants to stick it to the old man, he go uh, beat him there. That's true, too. All right, let's bring him in. If you were an NFL quarterback in the 1990s, odds are at some point this man sacked the crap out of you. He's a two-time NFL Defensive Player of the Year, 11-time Pro Bowler, and the NFL's all-time sack leader, Pro Football Hall of Famer, Buffalo Bills legend, Bruce Smith is here. What's happening, Bruce? Well, um, it's a little chilly here uh, right <laughs> now, but um, and I'm also just getting over a battle with uh, COVID. Oh, okay. But <clears throat> other than that, I'm doing fine. I got to say, you look healthy. Uh, you <clears throat> look like you could jump through the Zoom right here and take one of us out immediately. Well, my, my, my days of jumping anywhere are over. They are. That's it, huh? <laughs> you weren't uh, jumping through a table on Sunday, unfortunately. Uh, did you break one with your hands watching that fiasco? I, 
I felt like it. I felt yeah. like I wanted to jump to a table, jump through the TV screen or whatever else uh, was available for me to take some violence out on. But uh, got to keep things in a perspective. Yeah. I mean, you were involved in some crazy, just insane games from the Frank Reich 32 point comeback, Music City Miracle. Did, did you even believe what you were watching Sunday night? I did not. Uh, there were so many highs and lows uh, of that particular ball game. And, and I think uh, the, the, those 13 seconds uh, mm-hmm. was one of the worst uh, experiences that, that, that I had in that span uh, that I can recall, to be quite honest with you. Um, just, and, and we can dive into that a little bit more if you guys would like. But. Absolutely. Yeah, I'd love to hear your take. Uh, I'd be curious to know, Bruce, if, you know, now you obviously have some distance from those four Super Bowls, which, by the way, tip of the hat to to Bills fans. They should be able to celebrate that on some level, a, a remarkable streak uh, that's never been matched by any of the high-end teams in, in football history. Um, but as you've gotten, you know, years and now decades away from it, if Josh Allen calls you today and says, like, how do I get over this? Do you say, like, it gets better with time? Like, the pain will dull and you'll just appreciate that you were in that big spot or is it like no it never goes away it, it never goes away but it does get better um uh, fortunately for him he has an opportunity to uh right the wrongs uh mm. that 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 has taken place uh and and what i say by that this young man um played one of the best games I've ever seen a quarterback play mm-hmm. um, along with some of the other guys that are on the field. I just outstanding playoff performances. Davis, uh, I believe with, with 202 yep. yard receiving yards in a playoff game. Uh, but, but Josh Allen uh, really showed uh the the, the, the the impact of the maturation process and his ability to be able to not only will but lead a team to put them in a position uh, to win this particular ball game. Uh, the fact that, that we did not win it uh, and it came down to roughly the, the, the 13 seconds uh, just goes to show you how critical each and every down and every play and every second counts it matters so when you get down to the 13 seconds um we lost because in in, in my opinion and in my view uh we were out of position Mm -hmm. pre-snap and when you're out of position pre-snap it allows for a, a a great offensive unit uh, in the Kansas City Chiefs, and particularly with the great players and talent that they have uh, in Kelsey and Hill and Mahomes uh, to go down and make plays. But it even makes it easier for them to make plays when nobody's on top of you. Or, or if, if I don't know if you guys have yeah. seen the replay of the 13-second drive in which mm-hmm. – mm-hmm. Kelsey, we had a cornerback that had outside leverage on Kelsey. There was nobody on the inside which protected the seam route. It was an easy pitch and catch. 
if we had someone that was protecting the same route and forced uh, Mahomes to hold the ball for a fraction of a second, our left defensive end came scot-free. He would have created a sack, forced fumble, and the game would have been over. But unfortunately, yeah. uh, we didn't make that adjustment on the field to protect that seam route, which gave them a 19-yard gain on the play. It, it set up and put them in a position uh, to go and kick the field goal. You know, what, what about the people – and that makes all the sense in the world, but what about just forgetting any conventional defense at all? Like rush two, rush one at that point, because no matter what, he has to get rid of that ball within three seconds, four seconds. So what does it matter how much pressure you're giving, putting on him? Wouldn't you rather just have everyone defending all levels of passes back then? There were, there are other options that were on the table. Yeah. Get get a penalty. Uh, a, a penalty um, um, forces three mm-hmm. seconds off of the clock, uh, and it's five yards. Um, so there, there are multiple options, but uh, we were just completely out of position yeah. uh, at the at the pre-snap of that play, uh, and and even to take it uh, a bit earlier in the game, um, squib kick would have been in order. Yeah. Uh, so there, there are some technical issues and some communication issue, issues that, uh, that, that didn't occur. And consequently, that's how teams lose ball games. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, I wanted to give Sean McDermott some credit because in a, in a way you just become entranced in this game and maybe you lose like, okay, 13 seconds left. I could just step aside and watch the game like everyone else because there's no way anyone's coming back. But you're right, the squib kick – would have worked, definitely taken time off. Although, if you lose the Music City Miracle and then Pringle runs back the kick for the <clears> touchdown <throat> somehow, we had you know defenders falling all over the place anyway, and then you have a kicker trying to block, you know. How, how bad is that, too? I don't know. I'm trying to give the coaches some credit, but uh, well, so many ways around it, too. You're well, right. Well, let, let, me, um, let me help you out here a little bit. Uh, yeah, please. Sean McDermott is an outstanding coach. Uh, what he was able to accomplish this year, uh, having to overcome the numerous injuries uh, that this, this, this team had to endure, uh, along with COVID and, and the different positions that, that some guys had on the team um, uh, revolving around uh, the COVID and, mm-hmm. and, and the vaccine. And, and to be in this position, um, my hat goes off to, to the job that he did this particular year. I spent some time with, with the team during training camp. And the, the, the most important thing that I try to instill in them is that, guys, we have to get home field advantage. Mm-hmm. We, we must get home field advantage. And to do that, you can't allow slip-ups like the Jacksonville game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't allow uh, uh, when you predictably had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers beat and we lose that game. Um, they all came back to haunt us and prevented us from having home field advantage. Uh, and, and that's certainly unfortunate because I believe 
uh, in my heart that if this game is played in Buffalo as opposed to Kansas City, there would have been a different outcome. But the fact still remains it was in Kansas City. We had every opportunity to win this ball game, and in the last 13 seconds, we were out of position to do so. Yeah. What, what is it like when it, you have a moment like that where you have your entire season, everything you've been working for, training camp? Like you said, you were with them in training camp, right? So you especially yes. working with some of these young D linemen, I'm sure. Yes. Uh, when you spent all that, what, all, months and months and months and months of work and you're, it's all boiled down to this it's faster than you would use the microwave. Well, um, it, it, it's something that takes a tremendously long time to overcome. Um, you, you, you start thinking about all of the workouts, all of the film preparation, all of the sacrifices that you made throughout the course of the year to put yourself in a position uh, to be able to compete and make it to the playoffs. And then you get to the playoffs. Um, it, 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 it's devastating. Uh, but for those true pros, the pros, pros. This should motivate you. This should build character. This should make you want it even more and more, want to make you want to work mm-hmm. that much harder to make sure that this never happens again. Uh, I had an opportunity to talk to, to Sean McDermott yesterday uh, and, and just talk about uh, the similarities between uh, our team of the late 80s and this team uh, of the early um, uh, 2020s. In 1988, we lost to the Cincinnati Bengals uh, in the AFC Championship game. Mm -hmm. That game was away. In 1989, we lost to the Cleveland Browns. They went on to play the Denver Broncos uh, in Denver uh, for the AFC Championship. And at that point, we said, no more. This is not going to happen again. We are going to be, we're going to have home field advantage the next time, the next year uh, that we commit ourselves to the season. And that's when we went on our four-year run. So I'm hoping that that, that this this, this, I would say, setback, uh, disappointing loss, uh, devastating loss, will be something that will motivate this team. And we talk about this, this window of opportunity. That was one of the, the speeches that I gave the team this past training camp. There's a window of opportunity for every team. And sometimes you don't have control over that window. But, but what you can't control is right here and right now. And we have a nucleus led by Sean McDermott and this, 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 this rising superstar and Josh Allen to, to, to make sure we capitalize on this window of opportunity because you never know what's going to happen two, three, four years from now. Players are going to leave. Players are going to get hurt. Coaches are going to leave and go somewhere else. And you have to start over with a new system. Right. So we have to make the best of what we have right now and continue to build upon it. 
There's a chance we may lose Leslie Frazier. There's a chance we may lose Dable. We just lost um, uh, one of the, the, the executives uh, to the New York Giants. He Saw became the, yeah. the general manager. So these are things that, that we have to make adjustments to. But while we have this nucleus of this team together right now, we got to seize the opportunity and take advantage of every moment we have and make it count because tomorrow or next year is not promised. Do you suppose as far as that goes specifically, whether Brian Dable is is in the building or not, is is there now a shift when you talk about players getting hurt? My concern with Josh Allen is that you, you look at Cam Newton and Ben Roethlisberger and physical kind of quarterbacks who run around. They get banged up and and their careers, you know, fall off a little more quickly. Do you suppose that Sean McDermott on down is going to say, okay, we ran you around a lot in 21, but that's got to stop. You're the franchise. We got to land a high-end running back to to take that uh, physical toll going forward. Well, th- those are discussions that I'm sure that they're having. Um, I know it's a, it's a concern, and, and I raised that issue to – to Sean uh, yesterday, and and uh, I'm sure some of the other players like Thurman and Jim uh, uh, have uh, uh, raised that issue as well. That's the best. The all you so the legends you guys just get in the head coach's ear, like it's like, well, we got to call Jim Kelly, Thurm, Bruce. Who else are we going to talk to about well, how to make well, this right? That, and that's one of the things I appreciate about this organization the most, and 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 about uh, Sean and his head coaching and his realizing that we want to help. Uh, We can give advice that most people can't give because we've been there and we've done it before. Um, You you just brought up an excellent point. You can't have your quarterback taking a pounding week after week after week because sooner or later it's going to catch up to you. this is a collision sport. This isn't a contact sport like basketball or, or, or baseball. This is a collision sport. Every play, somebody gets hurt. They'll stay on the field, but they get hurt in some form or fashion. So we have to limit uh, uh, the number of plays that we expose Josh Allen to taking that punishment. Because sooner or later... It will compound, it will catch up, and we do not want to have Josh sitting on the sideline because of an injury. Yeah, absolutely. No, I just because you talk about Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, like it felt like just watching a whole like quarterback version three. Like it was just a whole new thing. Like a whole guys running around doing all crazy fourth down plays, and we're seeing more in the league quarterbacks who are faster able to move around like not necessarily like we saw Sunday night because that's 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 one a and one b but you know you got Kyler Murray's and so on and so forth would you have had more or less sacks today because obviously in your day they weren't throwing the ball nearly as much as they do now but it seems like the quarterbacks are significantly faster well uh, that's a great question and and I'm going to give you a straight up answer If you're putting the ball in the air, I'm going to get to the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, no no ifs, ands, and buts about it. They're throwing the ball at least 25 to 30% more in this era of football than when I played. Uh, typically, 
they had balanced offensive attacks in my era of playing football. It was 50-50. Now it's, they're throwing the ball uh, in places of running the ball because they throw these short patterns and mm-hmm. short outs and, and things of that nature. And they let their skilled players use their skill. The Tyreek Hills, the, the, the Chase, uh, uh, the Chases in Cincinnati, and, and so many, so many of these other extremely talented guys. But we're looking at a new generation of stars. And the NFL, my hat goes off to them uh, because this was probably the most exciting football that I've seen in a long time. It, it, it was just incredible. Uh, I just wish there was a little bit more defense uh, that was played. Uh, I, I, I love the game against the Cincinnati Bengals in, in which uh, the other team, uh, uh, I think it was the Titans, mm-hmm. uh, were able to get, what, eight or nine sacks, but they still lost the game. Right. I, I, I mean, how, how is that possible? Uh, to, to get nine sacks on a team and still lose the game. But, but to finish on my point, this, these new era of quarterbacks, the, the Patrick Mahomes, the Josh Allens, um, the, 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 the Lamar Jackson, um, the uh, quarterback out in San Diego. And, and Burrow, Herbert, right. Herbert and, and uh, uh, the young man in, in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. I got to tell you, man, this 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 league is going to be riding on cloud nine uh, for quite some time. And we as fans are, are going to enjoy every minute of it. I love seeing these guys perform at their peak. And yeah. it reminds me of the era of football in which that I played in when we had the Marinos, the, the John Elways, the the. The, uh, the Jim Kellys and, and, and so many others, the Joe Montanas and, and, and so forth. So um, we, we, we've, got a <clears throat> we've got a bright future of football to, to look ahead to. And I'm looking forward to this, this weekend of, of AFC championship games. Uh, I think they're going to be an outstanding games. Give us your orders. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to ask because you're counseling Sean McDermott, counsel now Buffalo Bills fans. What are they supposed to root for now? Is it good that the Cowboys of the early 90s are one of the great dynasties? And that it's like, well, that's who we lost to, one of the great dynasties. Do you root for the Chiefs who just beat you, or do you want to see their, them and their fans suffer a little bit? Um, for me, yeah. I, I want to see competition. I want to see a great ball game. Come on, Bruce. Come on. You, you have to hate this team. <laughs> a- absolutely. Look, football is entertainment. Keep things under perspective. It is, it is a sport. We watch it to be entertained. I want to be entertained. I want to see great, a great competitive atmosphere. I want to see guys getting blown up. Mm -hmm. I want to see offensive linemen get, get put on their backs. I want to see quarterbacks, uh, uh, get hit by defensive ends. I want a smile on his face. He's not oh, kidding. Yeah. He loves it. I am dead serious. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to see uh, uh, defensive backs uh, have some phenomenal picks and make great plays. 
that's what this is. This is entertainment, man. That's what we get paid to do. I want to entertain the fans. Whereas like last weekend, they walk away and say, wow, what a great game. You know, it you put a big smile on your face because that's what it was. It's entertainment. Why did you, I, I, back to Martin's question, real and the sacks and everything, and it's true. Uh, you, you mentioned all those great quarterbacks you played with in your era, but the truth is, it was, it's very hard for you to get a sack when Christian Okoye has like 28 carries, right? So uh, should they just adjust the record books, especially with this extra game and how it is, like instead of 200 sacks, like, okay, there's an extra game. Give me 229 sacks. See if anybody could beat that. Well, well, an extra game and they're putting the ball in the air. Right. Uh, 20 to 30% uh, uh, more. Mm-hmm. Um you know, you, you, you put an asterisk beside it and, and you, you say, well, this was done in 16 games and this was done in, in 17 games. Uh, I think um, uh, T.J. Watt, for example, um, my opinion, defensive player of the year. Uh, what an outstanding year that this, this man has had. Um, and he was consistent. And he even missed, I believe, two games. Mm-hmm. So there's a level of consistency there. His body of work is starting to, to pile up year after year after year that it, it, it makes me as a defensive player uh, uh, look back and compare him to, to some of the greats uh, that are playing now and some that played before him. Uh, and, and now we can start having conversations uh, about where he ranks and, and and so forth. He has to keep doing it, but at least he's, we can at least have that conversation uh, about players and, and sacks and their utter dominance while they're out on the field. Bruce, do you, so, you, you said you spoke to Sean McDermott yesterday at any point in the conversation, did these blue Viagra pills come up? Uh, you, you heard this, right? Bart Scott brought this up a couple of weeks ago. Have you heard about taking penis pills before a cold weather game to get the I, blood going? I read something uh, uh, in the uh, on the internet about that, and I didn't pay it any of my. It, it uh, I don't I don't know what's going on, guys. Yeah. <laughs> like right. Miles Garrett got he got all the credit for doing the quarterback graveyard, but you right. did it too, right? Like, and I, first of all, congratulations on having a yard big enough. To have all those all those uh, tombstones, but just a second ago, when you're talking about you want to see violence happening on the football field. You had a big smile on your face. It looked like you were remembering back when you were inflicting violence on the football field. I want to know who was your favorite, like most satisfying person to sack our our quarterback, quarterback, running back, sack, tackle, what anything. Like who was the guy when you got up, you had that feeling because what you were just remembering something from back in the day just now. Yeah, don't lie to me. You know, uh, it, you know, I have a great deal of respect for for Miles and and his talent, and um, uh, he he is he is quite the talent, um, and you know, top five pass rushers in the game. Uh, uh, he he's there. Um, for for me, uh, I had a couple of friends that that actually came up with the idea. Um, they were trolling Miles and, and some of the other players in the league, and. And uh, they, they thought it would be a cool idea to, to duplicate what Miles did for Halloween. Um, so they suggested 
uh, creating or making tombstones with the local artists here and uh, where I live and of all of the quarterbacks that I sacked. Well, mm-hmm. this was all taking place on the golf course. And I was like, guys, you, you know, that's not me. I don't, I don't put myself out there like that. I, you know, I, well, they convinced me after a few more holes and they had a local artist uh, create these tombstones. And when they pulled up to my house and it was a U- U-Haul, a U-Haul truck, and they, they lift the back door up, my eyes just lit up. I was like, <laughs> are you kidding me? And it was, I think it was 79 tombstones. Wow. And I had gotten to uh, uh, some of the quarterbacks, obviously, more than, than uh, others, but some of the trophies that, that, that I like to um, uh, reminisce about and, 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 and occasionally talk about are guys like Dan Marino. He had the quickest release in the National Football League in that era. Uh, so that's one of the guys that gave me uh, my biggest pride and joy of, of being able to get to him and sack him. Mm. Obviously, uh, um, Joe Montana, uh, who was the GOAT. And if you want to uh, compare eras and the way the game has changed, he still ranks up there. Mm -hmm. Uh, John Elway, uh, who who could do it all. He could scramble. uh, uh, He could throw a 70, 80-yard pass. Uh, He could do it all. Uh, So those three... Uh, we're at the top of the list of guys that I took the most pleasure in in sacking. But Dan Marino, because he was in Miami and it was a division rival. Saw him all the time. And it seemed like he had eyes in the back of his head and he would always buy that extra fraction of a second to be able to step aside or step up into the pocket and get rid of the ball. Do you remember who you took down the most? We have the answer here, but do, do you know? Uh, Ken O'Brien. That's right. 17 yeah. and a half times. Yeah. Uh, Drew yeah. Bledsoe second, 12 and a half, and then Marino, nine and a half. But the nine and a half should have an asterisk because you're right. He had such a quick release. It might as well have been 20. Yeah. What about, I, I hate to bring up a bad subject. And sure. by the way, you know, you have a bust of yourself behind you. Maybe it'd be a little graphic, but instead of tombstones, maybe you could get like, you know, when when people uh, kill an elk and they put the head, maybe it should just oh. be Dan Marino's head. Oh, and that's like a good idea. Guys. It'd be neat looking. Be a little disturbing, but also cool. Um, what about, I hate to bring it up. I've talked to you about this before. Jeff Hostetler. Is that the play besides the Norwood kick in the run of the Bills that if you change the result of one play, if you get that ball out of 15's hand in that spot and you fall on it, game over, and then the Bills dynasty tracks differently, right or no? I, I agree with you. Um, I, Jeff had the presence of mind um, while I was grabbing his wrist uh, <laughs> to, to change hands and put the ball in his other hand and tuck it. Um, I, I think that was an outstanding uh, presence of mind that he had in the moment to be able to protect the ball. But you are absolutely right. Um, that, that changes the outcome of the game, and it probably changes the trajectory 
of, of the how the Bills uh, would be remembered in the Super Bowls. Yeah. Well, we uh, appreciate your time, Bruce. This has been fantastic. We learned a lot about how to deal with it. I, I, I love that you're still in the ear of the coach and you have a positive view of this Bills team. I went to school in upstate New York. I rooted for the Cowboys against your team back then, but those are the most rabid fans. They they are owed so much. And it's a difference between what they go through and what the Lions fans go through every year because uh, you got to get one. Got to get one one of these years. Yeah, well, well Sal... Um uh, I, uh, for, for, for me, um, you know, guys would always ask me if I wanted to coach. Um, and I, I would say, guys, I got it all out of my system. Mm-hmm. I love playing golf. I'm a real estate developer. Uh, I play golf at least three, four times a week. Um, and I want to enjoy life. I just don't want my time to be committed day in, day out through that grind uh, and that pressure and that stress uh, of being in the game. Mm. Having said that, I have a skill. I have knowledge about this game that I want to pass on. Uh, It's not for me to keep. Just like when I came into the league, there were older guys that passed on knowledge and wisdom and nuggets to me that I took and implemented on my day-to-day routines, my practices, my conditioning, um, um, my eating habits and, and so forth that made me the player and the person that I am today. And I'm just trying to pass on some of these nuggets and, and, and skills and, and, and things Mm-hmm. These little tips that can make you an impact player uh, uh, today or, or or in this coming year, as opposed to four or five years from now. Uh, so that that's that's what it is for me. You that's know, my approach with Sal and Marty. So yeah, I get I, I relate. Uh, to that. <laughs> Uh, no, I think you have the perfect, uh, perfect gig here. You, you're a consultant. You have a lot of knowledge. You could talk to these coaches and tell them what to do. And then when they're fired and they and their families need to move, you can sell them a house. It's really uh, ideal. Uh, well, I don't, I don't do houses. Oh. I do, uh, I do uh, multifamily apartment buildings, uh, okay. hotels, uh, things of that nature. All right. Well. Yeah. I, you know, I'm glad that, you yeah. said that because I was concerned. I watched your football life and you had a, a quote that said, you still haven't found another job that will pay you a million dollars that you go out and kick the shit out of somebody without mm. going to jail. So <laughs> I'm glad to hear you got all the, the, the shit kicking out now and now you're just you're kicking ass in golf. Uh, hey, I, was, I, was, I was definitely going to get that one in. I had to worry. You know what, I, what a uh, old timer told me um, uh, when I was getting a little older into my, my career, he said, don't let your mouth write checks. Your body can't cash. Right. And at that stage, I was getting a little older and, and so forth and so on. And, and if you, you take uh, uh, quotes and, 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 and one-liners and you process it, uh, you know, pass it on. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll give somebody some insight that they, that they can think about and, and they can they digest. And, and, and it helps to make them a better person as well as a, a, a more intellectually sound person and make them think uh, about things before they do it 
or decisions and, and things. So I'm man, I'm I'm just I'm blessed. I'm I'm happy. Um, I wish the Bills were playing this weekend, uh, but unfortunately, we're not. We're not. Um, there will be better days ahead, but I'm going to enjoy watching football. This Give season. us a quick uh, Super Bowl prediction, Bruce. Oh you man, want. you would have to put me on the spot. Like <laughs> of course. Well, I believe that Kansas City will represent the AFC. Um, this this game between the Rams and the 49ers, both of these these teams have an outstanding defense. Yeah. Um, this this pass rush uh, of of the uh, of the Rams uh, when they uh, were fortunate enough to be able to get Von Miller um, added to you know, just this absolute dominant player in, in Aaron Donald and, and some of the other pieces that they have and, and, and Ramsey, uh, who's that, that, that standout lockdown corner. Um, I, 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 I tend to favor, uh, the 49. I mean, I tend to favor the Rams. Mm-hmm. All right. Chiefs Rams Super Bowl, and then chiefs win. And you could say the bills were the second best team. That I'm seems fine. <laughs> Thanks so much, Bruce. This has been great. I, we could talk to you for hours, but I, you, you should go golf. This is uh, it's much well, more fun. It's, it's, it's a little cold right now. Oh, so okay, I'm, I'm not going to be golfing. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. Man. All right. Thanks, Bruce. Appreciate it again. Thanks for having me on, and, and kudos to to Terry and Kim Pagula for the job that they did this year and and uh, in assembling this team and putting the pieces together for us to be able to compete and, uh, and continue to get better. Absolutely. I have a feeling you'll be around in late January for, for many years to come. Bruce yeah, Smith, everybody. Terrific. Wow. That was fun, fellas. Good times. Really Sneaking. learned a lot, right? I mean, I want to go back to the 13 seconds. Um, yeah, there's, there's so many things to seize on there, but Specifically there, the only, I'm not just saying it to be devil's Damashek either. Mm-hmm. I do feel like that McDermott was distracted by the most remarkable play of the weekend, yeah. and there were many, which was Tyree Kill housing that ball. When he mm-hmm. catches that ball over the middle, if, if you go through it and you screen grab moments after he catches that ball, it's crazy he housed that ball on a mm-hmm. field filled with other guys who would win the state championship in sprinting and he just ran away from them i think that's what they're thinking right that that's what mcdermott's thinking like we got to drop because the worst result here is to let tyree kill catch one and house it here and that's got to be our focus i do want to talk about the overreactions now that it's wednesday right and i do feel like well first of all tackle everybody at the line of scrimmage we did some research in 2017 there's a rule where that is a personal foul and they put the clock back on, uh, the time back on, if more than one receiver is tackled. Um, so if every, if it's a concentrated effort, if you just want to do it to Tyreek Hill, I guess you can get away with it. But is that the easiest thing in the world? They're like, oh, just tackle Tyreek Hill. Like, what? What are you talking about? All right, all right. So that first guy who goes to tackle him will miss, and then you got one less defender. So I think that was a little overstated. I get the squib kick. I get it. But I, I do want to defend McDermott there. I just don't know. I don't know if you're, you're thinking. You just you have it in the bag, 13 seconds. But what I brought up, and it's not anything you would ever see, is that's a rare situation where you have a quarterback who has to get the ball off in three seconds. 
Why rush anyone in that case? Just it's just no, strange. TJ right? brought it up on Lemon Pepper. He was furious about the idea, the nerve of rushing a defensive lineman on this play. Anybody, yeah, they, especially with the way that because all, they all the timeouts. For me, the squib, like I think you should have squibbed it, but I kicking it out of bounds or kicking it out of the end zone to me, it's not like the Bills had a bad defense. Right? <laughs> it's fine. I know. <laughs> right. it's still the Bills 13 had, seconds. They, well, this is the Bills had the number one defense in like every single category. Like every single statistical category. You, you could argue that was the better unit on the Bills team was the yeah. defense. So it's like you were kind of leaning on a strength. They're, but in reality, nobody thought that that game was going to, like 13 seconds is an impossible amount of time or so we thought. They're saying the the squib was called for, but that the kicker never got the message. Like I don't know, that seems impossible. But uh, the other thing with the squib is, yeah, that is the new thing, and that's murky stuff. But either way, you know, does everybody have amnesia? How many times have we seen kickers attempt to squib, and it hits the one of the the us guys? Yeah. And the guy falls on it and zero seconds expire there or maybe one. Like if if, you know, the up guy, not the, not 10 yards down, but the second mm-hmm. layer falls on the ball at his own 40, 45. Well, mm-hmm. now you're a completion away and you're in the same spot to kick the game winning field goal. I think that's overstated too a little bit. I think well, it also it, diminishes the greatness of the game. I, I We can definitely 2020 hindsight it and be and say exactly you're exactly right, Sal. Obviously, I don't know. It feel. I wouldn't say McDermott choked it, though. I think he did, given what he had seen in the last couple of minutes, kind of borderline in conventional in a conventional way, the right thing. He could have gone more extreme, to your point, though. Well, and to th- if you just put numbers on it, and I do know the 90, I'm going to say 99.1. I'm not making it up. Like, they're like, whoa, why not squib it? If you squib it, you have 99.8 chance of winning. Instead, you have 99.1. What the, what's the matter with you? What are, what are you doing here? Don't you see the book? Like, I don't know. See, it's a lot. I, that's, hey. my, that's my biggest beef with, uh, like, they the come in the middle of the fourth quarter with the win probability, 68%. Mm-hmm. The only right. reason that exists is so that way when the team loses, that it has a 68% win probability, people get pissed off. That's the right. only reason why it exists. It's the only way you can win the game is with no time left. Right, exactly. Exactly. I get we have to complain about whatever, and and of course you should if you're a Bills fan or a football fan or an X and O kind of person or whatever. But for real, think about what we saw. I know everybody has now decreed one of the greats of all time, and and that is accurate in my opinion. Um, Fourth and 13, Josh Allen throws a touchdown pass to put the Bills in the lead. What Uh, the hell? I can't believe he did it. Mahomes has the ball. He throws it over the middle of the Tyreek Hill, and he runs away from everybody. What the hell just happened? Well, that's that. Great effort, Bills. But there is some time. Maybe he could do it. He did it again. Now they're going to win this game. There's 13 seconds left. And as soon as that happened, I thought, 13 seconds, they're going to get, he's going to make a play, and they're going to at least get a, a crack at a field goal here. And so he did. What craziness. What craziness. That's bizarre. Well, I didn't think time. that. I didn't think he was doing it with 13. I thought, I don't know, 26, 27 maybe, 13. I, I mean, I uh, joked. I didn't think it yeah. was going to happen, but yeah. I thought it's plausible that they that he throws one strike and they have a shot. Yeah. No, I'll tell you what happened with me with 13 seconds left in the game. Uh, I had already cashed the Bengals money line and the Rams money line for my third mm. leg of my lemon pepper parlay. And I looked at it with 13 seconds left on the clock. And I said, 
this thing is as good as done. I don't care what it says. There's no way Kansas City can come back because I thought, yeah, I should go hedge. I should go hedge right now. 13 that, what the hedge hurt? was 16 to 1 at the time. You sent that to me, and I'm all over that shit. I'm always looking at that. But I was so, like I said, entranced with the game that I was like, I wasn't even looking at live odds at that point. And, uh, but yeah, that would have been a night. I don't know if 16 to 1 doesn't feel like it's big enough, actually, in that situation uh, to win the game because you were only just going to tie it, right, with a field goal. And then have to uh, luckily win the uh, coin toss. All right, let's take a break. We could talk about overtime and Super Bowl MVP picks and uh, all sorts of other goods. Oh, Baseball Hall of Fame when we get back. Uh. All right, one thing I wanted to discuss, um, this dumb, it's a small matter, but it drives me crazy. So when they put the temperature on the screen, it used to be temperature and then wind chill, right? If you really want to, like, three degrees, wind chill, negative 14. Now it's temperature and then feels like. And I have a problem with this feels like because I feel like we're being subjective here when we say feels like because my wife is always freezing, and I could maybe not use a blanket in, in January out here in California. So feels like is what, what, why are we even saying feels like, Check. Why, why don't we say smells like? It's three degrees and it smells Great. like barbecue. Like, oh, no, that's not what it smells like to me. So get rid of that. I think more people should be just talking about this. Right. What, does, does your winter coat have an extra lining in it or not? That's going to impact how you right. feel uh, with, oh. with the cold. I also love the reverse of that at the start of football season. I like when they cut to the temperature clock and it's like it's 88 degrees outside in this town on the field. 193. Like, why is it so? Why, why is it so <laughs> right. much hotter on the field at all times? Very weird. You know, That's what it you feels two like. Sound like two people who have spent way more time in Southern California than I have, because I know exactly what that feels like. Feels like, and I want to know what it feels like. I don't well, why did the they wind. change it to feels like? It just seems weird. Like, I know. Like I walked smells- outside of Detroit, Michigan. I would if if it said 22 degrees on the on the thermometer, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever, and then. It actually felt like 10 degrees. You could feel the difference. I don't know if wind chill. Maybe the wind's not blowing. Maybe the wind doesn't need to blow. But I know this. At 10 degrees, my left big tooth right here, you can feel the chip. At 22, you're good. So right. it feels like definitely makes a difference. Now we know Martin's responsible for the feels like graphic. But um, I do agree with that. How do, I don't understand how football fields are magically hotter than everywhere else. Yeah, it's a diff- different altitude altogether. Um, all right. Uh, I want to talk, uh, you know, I don't know what FanDuel's doing here, but they have odds for MVP up, for Super Bowl MVP. But the the teams are not determined yet. They know this, right? They have to know this. No, you can bet any of the four teams, the major players, uh, to win Super Bowl MVP. It's a lot of fun. I'm going Mahomes. This is boring because the Chiefs are plus 120 to win the Super Bowl, but Mahomes, you can get a plus 170, plus 175 to win Super Bowl MVP, which is a lot of, I think there's a different, you know, nine out of the last 12 MVPs have been uh, quarterbacks. Mahomes was one of them two years ago. You'll get a Von Miller in there every once in a while. You'll get a receiver, but it's primarily the quarterback. And I think even more so with the Chiefs because Kelsey and Hill would split votes or however you would say it. I don't know. I just think it's a good number. If you're going to take the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl, put a little on Patrick Mahomes for MVP. Check. What do you like for MVP? Well, if you're doing this, uh, you know, if you're if you're doing this the week before the title games, I think you want to take the value pick, right? So Joe Burrow makes sense to me at plus one thousand. Doesn't it make sense to put ten bucks on that at plus one thousand? 
So that's- he's 10 to one. Um, they're eight to one for Super Bowl, but 10 to one for uh, MVP for Burrow. Yeah. So that's. That's fine. So that's bad, or are you saying that that's... I uh, mean, there's so many ways to go, because we went through this yesterday, and the Rams, you got, like, four options. What if, like, you know, Stafford, obviously the quarterback has to be in the mix. Sony Michelle's had big playoff games. Um, and then you have the receiver. Of course, Cooper Cup. Of course, Odell Beckham. You get monster odds for Odell Beckham. You get 60 to 1. You get um, 75 for Nick Bosa. Which way are you going, Martin? There's a lot of value in a lot of these, I think. See, I agree. There's a lot of value. I just try to play it on the like the sides that I think are going to happen, right? So I, sure, I'm probably stepping on Friday's show, but I think the Bengals have a really good shot mm-hmm. against Kansas City. I really, really do. So I think Joe Burrow at ten to one isn't just a throwaway because I think you might be able to get that at it's probably it's, ain't going to be ten to one Wednesday next week. Right, you know, it would be that, plus two if, if it's, or something. Yeah, yeah if, if it's still were, in yeah. play. Mm-hmm. I think if you think the I think the Rams are going to be the NFC. Uh, representative, I think Matt Stafford at plus 370 is probably the safest, most valuable bet because right. of because the Rams have too many players if to spread it around to, they just give it to the quarterback. Yeah, well, as we know, NFL playoffs full gear, everyone gets in on the action, risk free bet on FanDuel Sportsbook. Like I said, you could bet that MVP. Fun odds there. doesn't matter if you're new to FanDuel or already have an account. All customers get up to $10 back if your same-game parlay doesn't win. and combine multiple bets from one big mat- one matchup for a big payout. Passing, receiving, rushing yards first, and anytime touchdown scores. Oh, those anytime touchdown scores in that Packers 49ers game killed me. I had players all over the place. Couldn't put it in the end zone. Number one sportsbook in America. Easy to use. Fast payouts and as little as two hours. And if you already have an account, just place your risk-free same-game parlay on either conference championship game to qualify. New customers join today with promo code EXTRAPOINTS to get your risk-free bet. And Martin, first-time bettors with Fandle can enjoy 30-1 to odds on any team to win the conference championship. The Chiefs would be the one to go with just money. If you want 30-1, to that's the value play. Martin advises against it. He likes the Bengals. Do it. Use promo code extra points. Turn five dollars into one hundred and fifty. Promo code extra points on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Ah, I'm getting sad, guys. It's almost over. Well, you should be. You should be sad. It's just about done, Sal. Another <laughs> year in the books. And well, but the good news is, once again, and it only accelerates every year. But mm-hmm. now it's now it's now it's uh, obviously a black and white fact that. Football season never ends, but it's only getting crazier now. I mean, think about the storylines. We already went over these high-end superstar icons. Are they going to come back or not? And what's going to go on with this coach or that? And where are these QBs going to land? And now the draft is uh, is nigh. Oh, it's just great. I have to say, though, I think Aaron Rodgers' talk will just depress me more. I'm not ready for it. I don't want this clown this clown show. Enough. I, I'm not ready. <laughs> I, I don't really care annoying. where he ends up. I know. I really don't. And I, I I think the Packers would be fine saying goodbye to him. It was different last year when it was like, oh, boy, they kind of screwed Aaron, not letting him go on fourth down against Tampa. It's like, yeah, this is pr- primarily your fault. I know the special team sucked, but you need to step it up. You need to score seven points after yeah, a minute hey, two. Uh, 24 hours ago, 
uh, somebody tweeted me and was like talking about Aaron Rodgers. This was before he had his like he his this this was before he had his whole big uh, thing yesterday. But uh, somebody tweeted me and was like Aaron Rodgers to New Orleans before Sean Payton retired and you know New Orleans became no longer a viable football destination for anybody worth you know much. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was like bring it on. And then you know I woke up from my nap and I was like you know actually you know I, I, I can't I, I slept on it. I don't think I want Aaron Rodgers on my team anymore. I don't like no, he's that. And and I think it's crazy because four weeks ago I would have been like, hey man, I don't care what his vaccination status is. But it's the fact that he's a jerk about his vaccination status and is going real news maxi on people. The whole way of like you're being canceled as you talk for twenty eight minutes. Mm-hmm. Like I can't stand, I can't be silenced on, on my platform of thousands of thousands of people that follow my every word. No, he's just a crybaby about everything. Forget about the vac stuff. You're just not going to get. He'll, he'll he'll blame even when he's winning. He'll blame it. I don't know. I just I I, I don't love don't love the vibe, Shaq. But I it's I get celebrity. It. He's people. he is he. Uh, it it's something that um happens to most celebrities if they live in that spot for too long. He's not a, a thoughtless human being. He's not a meathead quarterback or football guy or whatever. You can tell he um. Has more nuance uh, going on, it, but it now has combined with this lack of people telling him he's wrong. So now his reaction to the reaction for his stupidity is to become petulant and and lash out at everybody. People just like to see me lose, infantilize everybody who's against him. People right. just rooted against me to, to against the Packers so that they could pile on me. Well, by the way, all that other crap aside. You once again, Aaron Rodgers, for all the deeds. I don't know how we regard this guy now in the history of football. I mean, it's really crazy to me that that again in the big spot he has. He was the home team in Lambeau. That's supposed to be a home field advantage when it's cold outside like that. You once said again. it was a massive advantage to get the buy, and Bruce Smith said it too. And this uh, right. it, that that theory took a hit this year. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. What it's, uh, um. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm not ready for the talk. Uh, let's go to uh, baseball here. David Ortiz. Wait, I'm sorry, Dave. I'm go sorry, Sal. Real quick, yeah. I saw this, and uh, if Oda, if you th- if you like the Bengals, Jamar Chase at fifty to one, yeah. for Super Bowl MVP is. I mean, I could easily see him being. If there's going to be a wide receiver position player, yeah, uh, right. it, I could see it being him. That's a good one. Yeah, you can't turn down a fifty to one uh, for any of the four teams. Top two players, I would say. That's a good good job by you. Uh, David Ortiz makes the Hall of Fame. Clemens and Bonds on the outs, and that's it. Their eligibility ran out. Everyone seems to be okay with this. No. <laughs> <laughs> People are so pissed off. I get it, Check. I know you're going to be bummed out. I'll tell you what. Uh, I want Bonds to be in, and I want Clemens out. Scumbag. <laughs> he threw a bat at your friend. He throws a bat at the greatest <laughs> Italian-American catcher of all time and uh, no remorse at all. Good. You're on the outside looking in. Get Bonds in. Uh, I don't care who you use. Check. Go ahead. A lot of Mount Pius talk from you. Well, since we, well, since we, uh, we mentioned Jimmy Kimmel at the top in that very spot, literally about 20 feet away from where you and I stood on that opening night, uh, I once shot a bit with Kurt Schilling and... Uh, maybe the worst smelling human being I've ever been around. In my wow. Life. But that's neither here nor there. Um, yes, of course, this isn't a measure of one's morality unless we're going to move the Hall of Fame up where it actually belongs to Mount Pius now, since that's uh, apparently a factor here. 
what are we doing? And and by the way, cutting your nose to spite your face is what you nerds are doing who who hold this against us, these grudges for years and decades against these high-end ball players. Do you want your support uh, sport, your fading sport, by the way, to be relevant to a new generation and generations down the line? Hey, Dad, let, this is cool. We're in the Hall of Fame. Well, who's in here? The greatest players of all time, son. Like, ooh, cool. Well, the home runs are the best. Who's where, Where's the guy who hit the most? Well, he's not in here. He's not yeah. in here, son. Like, well, okay. How about the how about the guy then with the most hits then? Um, well, he's also not in here. Then, like, Dad, what the hell are we doing here? Like, wait, wait, oh, look, it's Harold Baines. Tell me more about him. Yeah. What the hell? What is this mess that they've that they've backed themselves into? The also, uh, this, go ahead, Dave. Mark. I'm sorry. I don't mean to. I I, I I I feel for the children. You know, I know that's some uncomfortable <laughs> conversation that you'll have to have <laughs> as you go to the Baseball Hall of Fame. But my biggest thing. Well, is, I'm not going. Oh, it's just <laughs> if, if you. <laughs> I don't believe in that. You know, but if you don't have this, if you have baseball writers, like the writers should not be in charge of this to- in totality. And this can't decide, like you shouldn't have guys deciding like all-star games, all-pro all teams, Hall of Fame, because these things matter to guys in a way. It matters to their money. It matters mm-hmm. to, in their contracts. It matters in the different incentives that they hit. And then after the fact, it matters when they retire and there's nothing more that they can do uh, uh, to to improve their status, right? It's on. It's all about the people who were dictating and transcribing the games that they were watching, and not necessarily the people who are participating. So I like this, that some of these Hall of Fames have have, have added like an old timers wing or so, so to speak. Maybe guys who have fallen out of the uh, yeah. out of the rotation, but like. It's for stuff like this because you know what? If you were a baseball writer and you didn't know that people were taking steroids, then I'd like to pull your journalism card, right? So, like, how can you have written about it then and not been like raising, waving the red flag because that's supposed to be your job, Mister Journalist? You yeah. want to be all Big J now? You should have been Big J then. Well, and also, Mister Journalist, baseball journalist specifically, you might not have a job if not for these steroids years. You're really not. Like it brought baseball back. The McGuire Sosa year that summer was spectacular. And that put baseball back on the map. Now, if it's just the pitchers who figured out how to do steroids, and as a result, every game was one nothing, um, and it ruined the sport, that's another thing. But let's not pretend steroids. Let's not pretend gambling has been good for the game of baseball and football. I don't know. I have to throw gambling in there somewhere. But yeah, ridiculous scumbag. Oh, it's because it has nothing to do with it that they took steroids. It's because they took steroids and were shit bags on top of it. That's why David Ortiz exactly. is in. What more do you need to see that yeah. proves that point than that? Obviously, Big Poppy. He never used Big Poppy. Come on, you can't <laughs> prove that. <laughs> <laughs> they did give him a prominent beer belly. I don't know how that worked out, but yeah. Yeah, but but yeah, he took the he took steroids. His teammate with the bloody sock isn't in because he's a shit bag. That's what right. that's what it comes down to. And I'm all for getting after guys for being shit bags, but it it shouldn't ultimately affect whether or not you go into the Hall of Fame, or else what's the point of having the thing? Mm-hmm. I think he called us shit bags, Martin. I'm not sure. We'll have to review the it tape. It felt like it, but, you know, sometimes when Dave gets to that, it's kind of just in one ear and out the other. <laughs> hey, uh, let's give our pick of the day. <clears throat> We're experts, after all. Lots of college basketball, pro basketball. Boy, did you see, first of all, that Clippers thing, Martin? I hate I what this What the league. stat is. Uh, that that was, was, yeah, but that never was, happened. So 96, I believe, right? Because <laughs> the Jazz in 96 was the biggest comeback uh, since that one or since before that one. But I was just, how? How does that happen? How do you blow a 40-point lead? 
There was a like, couple of weird, very crazy things uh, yesterday. Yeah. Was it a 40? Was it 35 points? Was it 40? I, I thought it was 43. Either, oh, I'm sorry. It was either the Clippers, the, either the Clippers had a 43-point comeback or at one point the Celtics were leading the Kings by 43 oh, points that was it. Yeah, in a that game. Was was, it's too much going on in the NBA Tuesday. Uh, you know, too much, right, here too it is. much yeah. ass What the hell? We, we, we just talked about this last week, Marty. You landed on the great point that they're always going to be back-end covers in a blowout. This is your chance to make hay, right? you got to get on but this. Just, but part of it makes me upset. because if, But this if, is your discovery. If football, <laughs> imagine if every football game was 35 to nothing and then seven minutes left in the fourth quarter, the other team decided to start playing. Kind getting to be that way first of all but secondly in the nfl i'm talking about but secondly this is your chance to make hey man you got you got to cash in on this over and over and over again this is your thing entering tuesday teams were one and sixteen thousand two hundred thirty nine over the last 20 seasons when trailing by seven or more points with under 20 seconds remaining in regulation the clippers are the only team to overcome this deficit in under 20 seconds and win in regulation in the past 20 seasons. Baxter Holmes uh, tweeted this. Yeah, that's spectacular. I bet Arizona against UCLA. Arizona, uh, their two guards. Uh, tell me if you'll ever see this again. They're starting guards, one 0 for 17, the other 0 for 11, combined six turnovers. I don't that's know if you're going to see that again. I, I, was on, I was on UCLA you watching that. Bitch. Like, wow, finally I'm having some luck going 0 my 0 for way. 17 and 0 for 11 from the guards? Uh, I'll, I'll stick with college basketball. I'm taking VCU plus four and a half over Davidson. Davidson, number two in the country behind the arc. I don't know if they're still counting Steph Curry's numbers or what, but VCU, number one defending the three, 26%. I like this Vince Williams, good player, 12-6, two steals a game. VCU, 10-7 and seven against the spread. The line's a little fishy, right? 11-6 and six at 16-2, and two, and it's only four and a half points, but I'll take it. I'm going the fishy side. The Rams uh, shooting comes around. They upset Davidson 69-66. There you go, 66. Take it away, Shaq. What's your pick? Well, I am going to go with 66's sport there. I encourage, nay demand, that anybody who is a puck fan or intrigued by the game and wants to dip their toes into those frozen waters, I encourage you to uh, to check out the game. The Boston Bruins against the Colorado Avalanche, a.k.a. the Raymond Bork Cup mm. uh, game here going down. The Avalanche, an absolute steamroller, almost as good as the Pittsburgh Penguins are playing over the last 20 games. They really are um, as good as it gets right now. Second highest scoring team in the league. Bruins, no slouch themselves, but in Denver for this one. I say have some fun. Goal and a half is what the Avs are laying there at plus 128. I think that's too juicy to pass up there. Watch Kale McCarr and company. All the talk about Connor McDavid and whoever else is the best player in the league. It might be a defenseman right now, as a mm. matter of fact. The, the season Kale McCarr is putting together there. Give yourself uh, a treat late night if you're on the East Coast and uh, and watch that one. Spaghetti and meatballs wrap up hockey on uh, the hockey action on minus three every week. There was... um. There were two games, maybe you guys remember, that were minus 700 in hockey. I've never seen that before. Who was it, Spaghetti Me? The Avs were favored one night, right? Are they just a couple of really shit teams? They have to be in the uh, NHL. I mean, you were getting plus two and a half at even odds for some of these uh, games. 
Um, if you can remember, which there's one some direct out there for sure. Yeah, there's some definitely decided advantages, and and FanDuel will always lay uh, uh, the spread at a goal and a half as an option for you. So yes, yeah, so minus seven hundred in a mid-January game. It's crazy. All right, Martin, uh, what do you like? I'm going with the Memphis Grizzlies, and I got it minus four right now. I'm taking the Grizzlies minus four versus San Antonio Spurs. The Grizzlies are a really, really good basketball team. Okay. I don't have a lot of analysis for you, but Desmond <laughs> Baines out of health and safety protocols. But the Grizzlies are really good, and I think they're going to make a lot of noise this year. You uh, had them last week, teams. right? I think you won I with did. them last, oh, two weeks what? ago. What was it? Yeah. Last Wednesday? I think so. Yeah. All I right. think I gave them out on Friday, like no just in the remember. in the course of the pod, not necessarily as my pick of the day. Hey, you know what you also gave out? We have our um, staff-wide fantasy playoff competition here. All seven podcasts go against each other. I took – you guys have to split because, Martin, you have to go to Lemon Pepper with TJ. Sheck, you have to go to minus three with Hench. Spaghetti has to go to Waiver Wired. He hosts that with Jen Piacenti every week. They are the fantasy gurus, and they are, in fact, in first place at, with 320 points. Now, the seventh-place team has to pick from the cap of consequences, and the consequences are not going to be good. I've seen this cap. I've seen the, um, the uh, items in it. Not going to be good. Lemon pepper, Martin. Last place. <laughs> Damn it. 53. Did you not know this? Am I giving you I news? I did not know this. Although I lost my quarterback, Rodgers. But you lost I your have quarterback. Still so everybody has either zero or one quarterback still left. So that's what's interesting. The waiver wired lost both quarterbacks. So did Covered in Glory. The soccer podcast, of course, is number two on uh, uh, second place. Martin, you have Burrow, Cup, Samuel, and KC. The idea is you can only pick one player from each team, and those are the four remaining. Shaq, you're you're in good shape. You're not going to. We be should able. win. We should no. You think minus so? Three should. Yeah. If I mean, if the Chiefs win, minus it, three. Should basically, win. Mahomes has to outdo Kelsey by. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think you are going to win this. If you, oh if yeah, you gain we, 10 yeah, minus three will win if the Chiefs win. On you Sunday. have Mahomes Cup. Uh, who is this? And Samuel. I don't even Debo know. Debo and we have, yeah, and Cup. And Wait, who's um, the other Mixon. And oh, Mixon. Mixon, right. Yeah, so, yeah we're not know. even doomed, really, if if the Bengals advance, but the Bengals advancing to the Super Bowl right. gets Marty off the hook. Otherwise, Marty will remind us as he pulls from the hat, like, yes, but don't I get a break since I'm not into fantasy football? Uh, he'll, 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 he'll say that one. Martin, you have a chance if Burrow uh, beats uh, Mahomes. You have a chance to climb out of the cellar. Otherwise, you're picking. I mean, is TJ going to like uh, do a podcast with fish on his face? What's he going to do? Or is that going to be all? He had nothing <laughs> to do with this. had this very team. little impact or input on this fantasy football uh, endeavor, well, as I'm sure you could imagine. All right. It's going to be a little more embarrassing than a brown bag on your head. I, I wish you well here. Go, uh, go Joe Burrow. Go to. Sorry, uh, Joe Burrow is not going to let me down. There, th- look, there's too, too much bad news out of Louisiana today. Bengals are winning on Sunday. That's how you know it. <laughs> I want to thank Bruce Smith. That was great. Uh, we'll put that up on YouTube, that whole interview. Um, go to Lemon Pepper Parlay. Martin and TJ do their thing. Minus three. Shaq, you got a good episode Monday. <laughs> what? Can you imagine? Then I was Hench just thinking 20 minutes yeah. ago. Between the Baseball Hall of Fame and Aaron Rodgers, do you think uh, Kevin Hench will have some thoughts? 
No, I don't think so. <laughs> he better be careful. I mean, he got lucky here with Big Poppy. Is he gonna is he gonna shit on the Big Poppy <laughs> induction? I don't know. That's why I'm looking forward to he'll figure minus a way. Three. He'll figure a way to do it. <laughs> Waiver wired with Jen Piacenti and uh and Eddie Spaghetti, lots of DFS talk there. We got against all odds. We're gonna be uh breaking down both conference championship games, side total, all sorts of props, first touchdown. Covered in glory, soccer podcast, Megan Fun of Sports. They're always great. Check it out on the Money Grab feed. Thanks again to Bruce Smith for joining us. And I want to remind everyone out there, you may feel like underdogs, but please remember, you're all my favorites. (laughs) 